36,400,000. That is the expected number of intelligent civilizations in our galaxy, according to Drake's famous equation. For the last 78 years, we had been broadcasting everything about us, our radio, our television, our history, our greatest discoveries to the rest of the galaxy. We had been shouting our existence at the top of our lungs to the rest of the universe, wondering if we were alone. 36 million civilizations, yet in almost a century of listening, we hadn't heard a thing. We were alone. That was until about five minutes ago. The transmission came on every transcendental multiple of hydrogen frequencies that we were listening to. Transcendental harmonics, things like hydrogen frequencies times pi, don't appear in nature, so I knew it had to be artificial. The signal pulsed on and off very quickly, with incredibly uniform amplitudes. My initial reaction was that this was some sort of binary transmission. I measured 1,679 pulses in the one minute that the transmission was active. After that, the silence resumed. The numbers didn't make any sense at first. They just seemed to be a random jumble of noise, but the pulses were so perfectly uniform and on a frequency that was always so silent. They had to come from an artificial source. I looked over the transmission again and my heart skipped a beat. 1,679. That was the exact length of the Arecibo message sent out 40 years ago. I excitedly started arranging the bits in the original 73 by 23 rectangle. I didn't get more than halfway through before my hopes were confirmed. This was the exact same message. The numbers in binary from 1 to 10, the atomic numbers of the elements that make up life, the formulas for our DNA and nucleotides. Someone had been listening to us and wanted us to know that they were there. Then it came to me. This message was transmitted only 40 years ago. This means that life must be at most 20 light years away. A civilization within talking distance. This would revolutionize every field I have ever worked in. Astrophysics, astrobiology, astro... The signal is beeping again. This time it is slow. Deliberate even. It lasts just under five minutes, with new bits coming in once per second, though the computers are of course re-recording it. I start writing them down. Zero, one, zero, one, zero, one, zero, zero. I knew immediately that this wasn't the same message as before. My mind races through the possibilities of what this could be. The transmission ends having transmitted 248 bits. Surely this is too small for a meaningful message. What great message to another civilization can you possibly send with only 248 bits of information? On a computer, the only files that small would be limited to... text? Was it possible? Were they really sending a message to us in our own language? Come to think of it, it's not that out of the question. We had been transmitting pretty much every language on Earth for the last 70 years. I began to decipher with the first encoding scheme I could think of, ASCII. Zero one zero one zero one zero zero. That's B. Zero one one zero zero one zero one. E. As I finish piercing together the message, my stomach sinks like an anchor. The words before me answer everything. Be quiet, or they will hear you.
Hello all, I'd like to welcome you to my favourite genre of, well, horror I guess, cosmic horror, or rather cryptic horror, Lovecraftian horror, whatever you want to call it. Horror is a genre, you know, that we go to when we want to get scared, when we want to give ourselves some spooks, the adrenaline rush, a thriller almost, though thrillers are their own separate thing. Horror is a classic of all genres, we all know what horror is. Typically, we conceive it as things about slashes or zombie apocalypses or terrifying monsters and ghosts and demons. But what if I told you there was a form of horror that simply can't be really easily portrayed on the screen because oftentimes there is no singular specific monster with a scary face and eyes. No. What if I introduced you to something entirely foreign, something based upon ideals and concepts rather than something physical? Physical versus the metaphysical, which is what we'll be talking about today. I'd like to introduce you to Cosmic Horror. Cosmic Horror was first conceptualized by a certain H.P. Lovecraft, who had a series of books where he explored the idea thoroughly. His tales were described as maddening, meaning that those who read them would be driven to insanity, though this was often a reviewer's choice of words to describe the story itself, not what happened to the person. They were fascinating stories because they were the first of its kind. Well, first in a fictional sense. It could be argued that it has existed long before, but before we get to that part, we need to understand what cosmic horror is. Cosmic horror is horror based around something that we can't really picture in our minds. And, of course, this is mostly true for Lovecraftian horror. It does also extend to other things, such as the SCP canon, which has a variety of cosmic and traditional horror. We will come to those in different episodes. Though... Cosmic horror, ideally, is something that is based around concepts, things that are disturbing or even maddening. Oftentimes monsters will be involved, but these monsters will be explained in metaphors, never singular concrete adjectives and pronouns and whatnot. They are immaterial, constantly moving, changing. They are insane to look at because the person who observes them would simply break under the mental anguish. This is cosmic horror. It is something far more terrifying, in my opinion, because it takes what humans are most afraid of, the unknown. It takes things that we think we might know, but not enough to be certain about, not enough to be sure about, and perverts them into this terrifying amalgamation of ideas and concepts. Cosmic horror may be commonly known as, you know, abstract it is abstract. That is the whole idea behind it. It's abstract horror. And that's what makes it so interesting to me. These days in the sort of podcasting world or even just media in general, it's very saturated with, you know, the traditional sort of horror monsters and all this. There's a lot of love given to that sort of stuff and a lot of neglect given to cosmic horror. I think that is just unjust. There is so much to talk about in cosmic horror, especially when it comes to readings. This is the official start of me, you know, covering that. We're going to be covering a lot of readings about cosmic horror, as we just started today with a wonderful story that has been around on the internet for many, many years at this point. It's called Radio Silence.
and it explores something called the Fermi paradox. The Fermi paradox being, if life is statistically so meant to be abundant, why is there no life that we can see? And one of the theories behind the Fermi paradox is that life is not abundant because life is destroyed. It's simply a question of how is life destroyed? Does life simply not sustain itself long enough? I.e. does it annihilate itself in nuclear or whatever warfare? Or is life stopped by something? Is there some sort of outside force affecting that? An entity perhaps? Be quiet or they will hear you. The entity. Not once was the entity giving a name. In fact, the entity isn't even alluded to until the very end of the tale. Yet, the entire story is about the entity. This is a very simple example of cosmic horror because it avoids the attempt at description. Many times, stories will attempt the description to masterfully craft this abstract sort of concept of ideas behind this terrifying entity or creature or energy or idea or whatever but they won't ever go far enough or precise enough to have a concrete idea that's what makes it so hard to portray in mass media like movies you can't really take cosmic horror and turn it into a movie because there isn't anything specific to be looking at you can only infer what's happening through the reactions of characters, such as in this story, the researchers' absolute despair upon finding out what the message was. Cosmic horror is so much more difficult to work with, but that difficultness comes with the reward, and the reward is so, so grandeur. We're going to be talking a lot about cosmic horror in time to come. It's my favourite genre of horror. I don't often read lately, but when I do read, it is all sorts of short stories about cosmic horrors, cryptic horrors, cryptic horrors being something that is... If cosmic horror was a spectrum, Lovecrafting would be at the far end, where it's something that you can't comprehend, it's terrible, it's not terrible, it's terrifying, and there's all sorts of maddening, eldritch abominations going on, whereas at the other end you'd have your cryptics, which would be creatures that do not abide to the laws of nature. They have some sort of outside force operating to them. They are also terrifying in their entirely different rights. We're going to explore those two and we're going to have a lot of fun together because horror. Oh boy, is there a lot to talk about in horror. We're going to leave it there. But next time we talk, it's going to be fun. Thank you for listening. Bye bye.